Well, good morning, guys. Good to see everyone. I said first service, and you, you know, you come in, you have that big dramatic video opening, and then you get me. So sorry. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're stuck with me today. Uh, uh, we are in this series called Love Reigns, and we started it back at Easter, um, and it really is about who is the king of your life, and how can we live and allow God to reign in our life. And and so uh, we'll jump in in a minute. I'm, I'm excited about today. But first, I just want to welcome those watching online. Thank you for joining us. And whether you're at our website or Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're at, uh, I'm just glad you took some time out of your Sunday to, to be here and take part in worship with us today. Um, and so thank you for that. A uh, couple of quick announcements. We do have our community meal coming up soon. Um, and so it's always the last Wednesday of every month, and we're doing hot dogs this time, so you can sign up to help serve, or we need, need a few items for that. So uh, if you go to mycornerstone.fyi, go to upcoming events, you'll see that and can sign up there, or go to our, web, our main website at mycornerstone.org, you'll find it there too. So uh, just a way to serve and get involved and, and really get to know our community. So uh, we're getting closer and closer to hopefully being able to go back in person, but uh, we'll kind of play that month to month, but we're still doing the drive-through for now. Uh, we don't have youth tonight, just so you know, so no 5th, 6th, no 7th through 12th tonight, so uh, we'll, we'll pick that back up soon too. So uh, today, though, we get to continue this series, and I'll kind of backtrack a little bit and, and kind of explain where we've come from and where we're going uh, we started off on Easter really talking about this idea that if Jesus truly did rise from the dead, then that changes everything, right? It means that we can no longer live our life uh, for us anymore because if, if Jesus really is who he says he is, if he rose from the, the grave when we believe he did, then that means that our lives have to change as a result, that we need to let him be the ruler of our life. We need to let him reign over our life. And, and the way that we demonstrate that is to let that love reign in us. And, and that's kind of where this comes from. And then last week we talked about this idea of we've got to be able to get through our past. And for so, so many people, we're holding on to our, our past mistakes, um, our past struggles, our past sin. And we're, you, we're not really letting go of that. And that's holding us back from being who God has called us to be. Um, and so today, we get to move from the past into the present. And we get to talk about how we're living our life today, in the here and now, in the ordinary, everyday life. How can we allow God to really rule over our life, to, to, to lead us, to guide us, to help us honor Him and what we do? And so uh, that's really, uh, you know, it's this whole series is about God's mercy, how much he loves us, how we can show that to the world around us. So we're going to start off, I'm, I'm going to see if you're awake this morning. Uh, so growing up, you always did the silly little game that Simon Says, right? Okay. Um, what it, you've got to just learn how to listen, right? And and so I'm just going to see if you're awake. So we're, we're going to, we, we, this is some little interaction this morning. So we'll, we'll try it this morning. Simon says, clap your hands. Simon says, stop. Okay. Simon says, blink your eyes. Simon says, stomp your feet. A lot of y'all aren't still blinking your eyes. Okay. Just making sure. 
Simon says, stop both. Uh, Simon says, snap your fingers. Okay, are y'all getting annoyed yet? <laughs> okay, that's good. Y'all can just go ahead and stop. Okay. Um, oh, y'all are good. Okay. Okay, Simon says you can stop that too. Okay. I just wanted to see if you were paying attention there, okay? What is that? That whole game is about, okay, what are we listening to? There are things we listen to and we obey, and there's things we listen to and discard, right? There's things that we just come in one ear and go out the other. And if you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about. Selective hearing a little bit. But sometimes we hear something, we say, okay, that's not worth following. And so when it comes to our life, we are surrounded by constant voices telling us, this is what you need to do, this is what you shouldn't do, you should do this, you shouldn't do this. Who do we listen to? How do we make choices? How do we know what to, to absorb and listen to and obey and what to discard and say that's not truth? And so that's really what we want to talk about today. As we live day to day, how many decisions do you think? I mean, we, we make thousands of decisions every single day. Most of mine revolve around food, right? I mean, it's like, what am I going to eat? Where, when am I going to eat? And that's, you know, I'm sitting here now. I mean, I, I'm getting hungry for lunch. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, I'm already hungry. And so you, you're like thinking, okay, and, and planning out. When we go on vacations, most of my decisions, again, revolve around food, right? I'm like, where are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? When that's just, but it's not just that. It's what you're going to wear, what you're going to say, where you're going to go this, when you're going to do this. And, um, and so we're constantly making decisions. Sometimes our decisions are influenced by things that we are told to do. And sometimes we find ourselves being obedient to voices around us that don't have our best interest at mind. And so what we want to do is learn how to listen to God's voice. How, how can we kind of get tuned in so we can recognize, we can understand, we can follow God's will for our life? And, and that's really uh, such, th this morning is like a basic message. And I was even struggled a little bit this week. I'm like, man, is, is this too basic? But I'm like, no, we've got to go here because this is what trips up so many Christians. Uh, we skip over this and think we've got it, and we don't really learn how to make proper choices in our everyday life. Andy Stanley wrote a book uh, several years back called uh, The Principle of the Path. Really good book. Um, and this is what he said. He said, I've talked to many individuals who want to discuss their problems, but they don't really have problems. They have chosen to live in the wrong direction. They don't need a solution. They need a new direction. He said, the direction you are currently traveling, relationally, financially, spiritually, and the list goes on and on, it's going to determine where you will end up in each of those respective arenas. And so in essence, he's saying a lot of people say, I, I can't believe all the problems I'm facing in my life. And he said, you really don't have, a, in the true sense of the term, a problem. What you have, if you've arrived at a destination and you've got there as a result of the choices you have made. That makes sense? Every single choice you make is either going to take you closer to God or it's going to take you farther away from God. 
and the thousands of tiny choices you make each day. It may, you know, a choice to say, you know what, I'm going to pick up my phone and just scroll through Facebook instead of picking up your Bible and reading it. Do you think that affects your relationship with God? You add to that a hundred times a day, <laughs> ten times a day, thousands of times a week, a month. Do you think it affects your, your, your relationship with God? Every choice we make, uh, we have to start running it through the filter as, is it helping us bring it closer to God? And so uh, the first point today is simply this. And I just want to make you think a little bit. Your choices are going to reveal who reigns in your life. Who's the king of your life? Who is the true ruler of your life? That is going to be determined, and we can. it's a good litmus test of that, is what are the choices you're making? Your choice is going to reflect who is truly the king of your life. Who is ruling of your life. So many people say, oh, Jesus is the king of my life. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. But then their choices show that he's really not the ruler. You may say he's Lord, but he's not really guiding your choices. And so really our choices are going to reveal this. The things we choose to do, the things we don't choose to do, they show who we're listening to. And so if, if we think about that, our lives are mostly made up of the decisions we make. This can be painful to realize, okay, who's really ruling our life? I had a teacher one time, and some of y'all know who I'm talking about. She used to say, your life is full of choices. You make them, and then you live with the consequences. Right, you make them, you live with the consequences. There's a lot of truth to that. And, and sometimes those consequences are painful. Sometimes those consequences are, are tough. And so our past that we talked about last week, it's a collection of all of those choices. So the good choices and the bad choices that have influenced where we are today. But if we say, okay, I want my life to be here this is really what I want to see. I, I want to grow. I want, I want to see a, a change in my life. Then we have to start with where we are now. And the way we start with where we are now is acknowledging, right, that we've made some unwise decisions, that we've disobeyed God, that we've sinned, that we've struggled. And because of that, that's really, uh, the, you know, that, that really determines a lot of what's happened to us in the past. And so the Apostle Paul, he has a lot to say about how we live our life and, and how we can get refocused and reoriented around the things of God. And uh, I want to just take us to a very familiar passage this morning, Romans 12. Uh, and, and the whole Romans 12, it's, it's really this whole, the whole chapter is about what it looks like to follow Jesus. This is kind of the characteristics of just a follower of Jesus, the whole chapter. But the first two verses, and, and I'm just kind of going to read it from a paraphrase first, and then we'll go back and read it, uh, and, and then kind of unpack it a little bit. This is what Eugene Peterson said. He said, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, right? Take your everyday, your ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, 
fix your attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So let's talk about that. Man, this is kind of, I mean, this is, again, very basic stuff. Very foundational for every believer, but this is very important. Take our everyday, ordinary life, no matter what we're doing, all those thousands of tiny decisions... And we place it before God as an offering back to Him. And we embrace what God does for us. We fix our attention on God. And that's when He starts changing you from the inside out. So let's go back. Let's read it uh, in New Living Translation here in verse 1. This is what we're familiar with. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice. The kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. So if we want to talk about worship, worship is not just showing up to Sunday morning and singing a song. That's part of it. Right? When we open God's word, that's part of it. But the true way we worship God is where we offer our lives back to God. And we say, use me. Here I am. I'm the sac- I'm going to do uh, uh, the true way we worship is to make ourselves a living sacrifice. And so let, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about this. And what it means is we've got to step back and we've got to view all of life from a different perspective. I don't know how many of you guys are into photography or have used uh, different cameras, but Uh, You know, you have your camera body and then you have to pair it with a lens, right? Uh, And and so really you need both. And and, and the thing about lenses is they're all different kinds of lenses. You've got your telephoto, you've got your wide angle, you've got your macro lenses, you've got your prime lenses, uh, some that have fast aperture for your your fancy blurred out background effect that everybody wants now. Uh, All the, you've got all these different settings and And you're looking at the same thing, but the lens changes your perspective. All right? It gives you a different way of viewing reality. And so what a lens does, it kind of filters what you see and gives you a different perspective on it. And that's really what Paul is asking us to do here. We've got to take our ordinary everyday life and we've got to look at it through the lens that God has given us. Not the lens that culture gives us. The lens that culture gives us, it distorts everything. It makes everything appear much cooler than it really is. It makes everything look like, oh, this is what you should do. It makes us want it. It makes us us, uh, have things like jealousy and materialism and greed. That's what the lens of culture teaches us. It's all about you, the selfishness. Just do what makes you happy. But when we put on the lens that God gives us, it kind of changes how we think. It transforms us from the inside out. It makes us put others before ourselves. It makes us think about the decisions, each and every decision. Is this helping me grow closer in my relationship with the God who created me? And so that's what Paul's goal in is this passage. He wants us to change, he wants to change the way we see life. He wants to reorient the way we see our present 
situation. And so, in the original, you know, translate, in the view of God's mercy, present your bodies to God, right? Because of everything God has done, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, because Jesus is who he says he is, because he is the king, now, here's your response. Your response is, you've got to honor God with the way you live your life. If we would just start viewing viewing things through the, the lens of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, because of who Jesus is, because of what he's done, that's our new lens that we start looking through life. If we just start viewing things that way, it's going to change those everyday, ordinary decisions. So many of the things we do, if we're honest, right, they're about trying to please ourselves. And so Paul invites us, let's look at things differently. How do we please God instead? And and so he gives us this kind of fresh start. He gives us this new way of looking at life. And, and, And so when we do that, it starts... He tells us, you know, we become that sacrifice. This, this whole way of talking to the, to the, the, to the Roman audience here, um, they would understand what he was talking about because of this whole idea of the sacrificial system. Right? The sacrificial system is when you sinned, uh, you, some, something had to pay the price. An animal had to be slaughtered, had to be killed. Its blood had to be used to pay the penalty for that sin. The, the blood would cover the sin of uh, the person making the sacrifice. Um, and you look at the whole sacrificial system. And then Jesus came, the once final for all sacrifice for all mankind, uh, and his, he was the perfect lamb of God, as we read about, the perfect sacrifice. And, and when he died, his blood now covers those who believe. That, this is the terminology, and that's why it's saying now, we become, the, the sac- our bodies are a living sacrifice. Uh, our blood doesn't have to be poured out because Jesus' blood has already been poured out for us. But now our life is that living sacrifice that honors God, that lives for God. That's this kind of sacrifice that God is looking for. This is even alluded to in the Old Testament. In Psalm 51, a psalm of repentance by David. This is a whole psalm of David crying out because of his sorrow, his shame, um, and what he did. And this is what he says. He says, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You don't you don't want to burn offering. The sacrifice that you desire, God, is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O oh God. And so uh, you read that. What David is saying, okay, the, the, the goal of the sacrifice is not the sacrifice itself. The goal of the sacrifice is the change in the heart of the person who made it. Are you tracking Right? That's what the sacrifice is about. It's about our heart change. It's about an inside-out transformation. That's, what's look, that, that's what God is looking for now since Jesus has paid it all by his blood on the cross. Now, Paul calls us to be a living sacrifice. That's actually a lot harder than a dead one. <laughs> right? It's, it's harder to be a living sacrifice. A dead sacrifice uh, doesn't have a choice in the, in the matter. It has to stay on the altar. 
But a living sacrifice, it can crawl off the altar when it wants to. And that's what we tend to do. We're like, I'm going to give you my life. Well, not this week. Not today. Uh, I'll do it when it's convenient, but right now it's not convenient. So I'm just going to, no. What we've got to do is offer our lives to God daily. Uh, We've got to live a life right now in the present under the rule and reign of God's love. And we've got to be repentant and obedient to God. It's it's saying, okay, our heart has to be broken for the sin we've committed. We've got to understand God's mercy for us, how much he loved us. And in response to that, the only logical conclusion is my life has to be centered around the things of God. That's what living as a follower of Jesus is all about. If we keep going in Romans 12, he tells us how this looks on a day-to-day basis. In verse 2, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so if you look all around us, uh, there's some patterns of the world. Uh, that, that's kind of, if we observe the world around us, uh, there's patterns, greed, jealousy, envy, strife, uh, materialism, uh, pleasure, all this stuff the world is telling us, hey, that's what you need. You'll be happy if you can do this. And as long as we're listening, as Simon says, and we say, okay, I'm going to do that. As long as we're listening to those wrong voices, we're going to be making wrong choices. And so here it kind of brings me to my, my second point today um, is simply this. We've got to change our patterns if we want to change our life. Changing your patterns will change your life. There's a pattern to everyday life. There's a pattern to it. What, is, uh, what are our habits? Let's talk about habits for a minute. Our habits, right, are those regular practices that are wired down so deep in our brain that we do them without thinking. Uh, when you woke up this morning, at least I hope you, I hope you brushed your teeth, right? Uh, otherwise, it's social distance, and I know everybody's getting a little lax, but... That's just a pattern, right? It's just a habit. It's something you've done day after day after day. You don't have to get up this morning and say, I wonder if I should brush my teeth today. No, you get up and you do it. Why? Because it's just something that you've done over and over and over and over again. You don't even have to make a choice about it. Why? It's a habit. Well, that's how we've got to get to the point in our life, right? Because the habits can be good or they can be bad. What are some other habits, right? You could have a bad habit of every time you get stressed out, you just go to the refrigerator and open it and look for food. You could have a bad habit of every time I get bored, I'm going to pull out my phone and just start scrolling so I don't have to look at people and I don't have to talk to anyone. (laughs) You could have bad habits. There's all sorts of bad habits you can develop. But there are also good habits that you can develop. That when you pull out your phone, instead of just scrolling on Facebook, why don't you open the Bible app and start reading the Bible? Why don't you, uh, you know, instead of going to the fridge and and, and finding some junk food to eat, why don't you say, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk and get some exercise. Right? We've got to replace the bad habits with good habits. And what we're doing, we're recognizing patterns and doing something about it. 
When we were uh, in school, I guess, I, I, I haven't looked at standardized tests in a long time. We used to have to do all these tests where you had to do spatial uh, recognition, right? And they'd give you four or five shapes, and then they would have the question that says, what comes next? You know what I'm talking about? You don't remember those? Anybody? Okay, okay, a few. Um, and you would have to say, there were patterns, or they'd have a sequence of numbers and say, what comes next? And you'd have to be able to fill in the, the gap, and whether... And, and some people liked those. Some people hated them. I was one that absolutely loved it because I was up for the challenge. I'm like, oh, I'm going to figure this out. And, 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 but what we had to do is recognize the patterns. We've got to get better. And this is something we should be able to do because they've been training us since childhood to recognize patterns, right? Um, uh, which one is not like the other, right? Uh, and, and so what we've got to do is we've got to be able to look at our life and recognize destructive patterns and, and recognize productive patterns. We've got to recognize patterns that pull us away from God, and we've got to recognize patterns that draw us closer to God. And the better we get at this, right, uh, because it's hard to change something when you don't think there's a problem. It's hard to do something differently when you think that you've got it all figured out. And so, if we can get better at paying attention to the patterns in our life, then we can understand, we can anticipate what's going to come next. And so, when we start taking those steps away from God, we've got to be able to say, I see a pattern here and I know what's going to come next. But if I turn around and start following God, I know what's going to come next. And it's going to be a whole lot better. Again, this is basic Christianity 101, it's so important though because I see people all the time walking away from God and expecting to grow closer to God. You cannot do both at the same time. And if we want to stay close to God, we've got to be able to recognize the patterns that are pulling us away from Him. Paul talks to the church at Philippi and says, okay, when you get stuck in a rut, when you have a bad pattern, Here's how you get back on track. Chapter 4, verse 8. He says, one final thing. You've got to fix your thoughts on what is true. What is honorable, right? What is right. What is pure. What is lovely. What is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Because there are a lot of bad patterns in our life where our minds get fixated on something that does not honor God, that does not fit this list, that is not right, that is not pure, that is not true, that is not lovely. And when we start focusing on those things, and I'm telling you, some of the patterns, right, some of the patterns, are, it could be uh, the negative self-talk that you tell you, you beat yourself up all the time. You have self-doubt, you have anxiety, you have worry. All this stuff that we're constantly bombarded with and, and fear and all. And we've got to remind ourselves, we've got to go back to this verse and say, what's true? What is God telling me and what's the world telling me? The world is great at telling us what we want to hear, but what we don't need to, to hear, Right? And so we've got to go back and focus on God. Maybe you've got a pattern. You just talk down to yourself and you beat yourself up anytime you make a mistake. And so you're always feeling depressed and anxious. What do you do? You break the pattern. You focus on what is true, what is honorable, what's right, what's pure. Maybe you've got the pattern of, of telling a lie to the people around you. To maybe over, let's, well, let's not say even a lie. Let's just say we over-exaggerate everything. I know uh, so many people struggle with that, right? 
So you over-exaggerate, and then you find yourself, and then you have to keep exaggerating, and you have to keep adding to it, and you find yourself in this big mess. What do you do? You break the pattern. You recognize it, you do something about it. Uh, maybe you, there's a pattern, right, of, of apathy where you just don't care. You just don't care about the people around you. You don't care about the struggles people are facing. What do you do? You break the pattern. And, and so uh, I, I just I share all that, right? Because we've got to be able to start recognizing when we're pulling it back, we're, we're taking steps away from God, and we've got to start repenting, which is what repentance is, is a change of direction. It takes us from the direction we're going, and it puts us back on the path to where we need to be. Andy Stanley also said this in his book. He said, we don't drift in good directions, right? We discipline and prioritize ourselves there. You're just naturally not always going to do, to do the right thing. Uh, and that's just the whole flesh versus the spirit battle that we face. The flesh is constantly trying to pull us away from God to make us focus on ourselves instead of focus on others or focus on God. So that's the, we, we don't just drift into a good place naturally. We get there by having good patterns, by good habits in our life, by having disciplines, by spending time in God's Word, by spending time talking to Him in prayer, by making wise choices that aren't always easy. The easy thing is not always going to be, draw you closer to God. And so uh, we've got to learn to, to do the hard thing, to do the right thing, to do the thing that draws us, that brings us closer in relationship with God. Uh, he also said uh, in that principle of the path book, he said, your direction and not your intention determines your destination. That's Now, a lot of people have good intentions. I, I'm going to do what's right. I, I promise. I, I know. I'm, but right now, we say that you've got a good intention, but your choices are taking you in the wrong direction. If you want to fix your life, you've got to fix your direction because your direction is what's taking you to the destination, not your intentions. And, and so this process, this process, it's, it's a daily battle. Every little decision you make plays a part in the path you're on. And so it's learning how to make the right path and choose the right path Every day. That brings me to my third and final point. And it's simply this. Choosing the right path, it begins with submission. It begins with submission. It's saying, okay, it's not about me. I'm going to submit to you, God. I'm going to listen to you, God. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. I'm going to trust you, right? It's not about me anymore. It's about you. Divine direction begins with unconditional submission. It just means that we're going to trust God. Listen to this. You will never accomplish the will of God by breaking the law of God or violating the principles of God or ignoring the wisdom of God. I'm going to read it. You'll never accomplish the will of God by breaking the law of God, violating the principles of God, or ignoring the wisdom of God. You're, you're ne- so many people, how many people in here would say, there's been a point in your life where I said, God, I want to know your will for my life, right? That's a universal question. Every person, I mean, there's been a point in your life where you've been confused 
about a decision you need to make. And you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I need your help, God. I need some direction in my life. I need some wisdom. And I'm telling you, you're never going to find that will of God when you're violating the principles of God and you're ignoring the wisdom he's already given you. People want God to bless them when they're not in obedience to him. And, I, I, and I've just, I mean, I, I've seen this over and over again in pre-marriage counseling and in other areas and, and talking with people. Or, I'm like, you've got to start honoring God's word if you want God to bless this relationship. You've got to start honoring God in, how, in your workplace if you want God to bless your relationships there. And so we've, this, is, this is the daily sacrificial life we live. It's learning um, right, how we honor God in everyday life. It's recognizing those patterns and understanding there are destructive patterns that take us farther and farther away from God. But there's constructive patterns, productive patterns that will bring us closer to God. Now, Proverbs 3 Book of Wisdom in the Old Testament, a very familiar passage here in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. If you trust in the Lord with all your heart, don't depend on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding, right? Seek His will in all that you do, and then He's going to show you which path to take. Trust God. You've got to not trust yourself. <laughs> That's the whole submission part of this. Submission is saying, I don't trust myself sometimes because if my choice is not always going to be the right choice. So what? let's seek God's will. You see, I, I think we also have been trained from an early age to, say, to make decisions based on the, the following kind of criteria. Do what's best for you. you know, what do you want to do? How do you make the most money? What do, we're just taught from an early age, it's all about us. What do you want? What would you like? We've got to reframe that. We've got to put on a different lens and start saying, God, what do you want? God, what do you like? <laughs> How can I honor you? How can I bless uh, you? How can I be a blessing to others? We've got to take the, the, the focus off of ourselves and we've got to put it back on God. Every day. Every day. Every choice. Every decision. Th this is tough. Uh, but this is what it looks like. Uh, to, to really honor God. And so if we're going to be living sacrifices, that means that we've got to quit listening to this world. We've got to start listening more to God. We've got to start trusting God more than what all these other voices are shouting at us. And so here's, I just want to leave you with this thought, right? The decisions you make today will determine who you will be tomorrow. Who you want to be. How do, you, how do you want to look? What do you want the legacy of your life to be? When you get, uh, hopefully, to a ripe old age, if Jesus doesn't come back soon, and he may. Uh, but if you, when you're looking back over your life, what do you want your legacy to be? Do you want it to be a series of bad choices, missed opportunities? Or do you want to be, uh, have a life, look back and see a, a series of good choices. A series of lives that were changed forever for eternity because of your obedience and your faithfulness. I'm telling you, if you want that, 
then it starts today. <laughs> it starts today by making the choices that are going to get you to where God wants you to be. Um, that's really, I, I just can't say it any simpler. You can't say one of these days, no, it starts today. And so I, I just want you to think about that. I want you to pray about that. And I, I want you to know that God can help you really get your life turned around to honor Him. I'm going to pray, and then the praise team is going to come back up. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We, we're so thankful that we can get into your word, that, that you can continue to help us to understand uh, it better. And, and my prayer today, Lord, is that you would give us a greater wisdom, a greater strength, a greater ability to see the destructive patterns in our life. And it could be as simply as losing our patience or getting angry or get, being jealous or being frustrated or being fearful. Whatever it is, help us to identify those things and help us start taking the steps to make you uh, our, our true destination. Lord, I pray for um, this church that you would give us the wisdom to be able to, to see needs in our community. To reach people with the, the gospel message. The, the message that Jesus can save you from your sin. That Jesus can give you a new eternal destination. And the path, the way we get there is through faith in Jesus. And Jesus alone. And so Heavenly Father, that's our prayer. Help us. Help us where we fall short. Help us to not be so selfish. Help us to be people of faith who trust you, who submit to you, who honor you, who obey you, who follow you, who, who just choose day in and day out, moment by moment, thought by thought, just that we're going to make Jesus the Lord of our life. Heavenly Father, um, life is not always easy. And help us, Lord, just to, to, to continue to honor you with the choices we make. If there's anyone here while we're, in, while we're in, in prayer today, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, today is the day that can start you on a new path. The Bible says, right, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If we believe in our hearts that God, you raised Jesus from the dead, then, then we will be saved. That's how we start this new life. We put our faith and our trust in Jesus to save us. So if you're here today, if you're watching today, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, right now can be the start of your new life. Would you just pray with me? Heavenly Father, I know I'm on the wrong path. I know I've made a lot of wrong choices. I've sinned against you. Help me today to get back on the path. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. Lord, I know Jesus died on that cross to to pay the penalty that I deserve. That's the mercy. That's the grace that we've been talking about today. And so today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to submit to His Lordship, to His rule and reign over my heart. And I want to follow after Jesus with, all, with everything that's in me. So help me to do that. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know Jesus answered it. Jesus heard it. And your life will never be the same again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. And we thank you for Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So we're going to close today with our response time. A lot to process today, right? Lots of things we need to think about in our own life. And so 
Maybe you want to sit right where you are and process. Maybe you want to go to the cross, write out your prayer request. Maybe you want to talk to someone. Maybe you want to just stand up and praise God together. But whatever it is, let's respond today. Let's stand as we close.